Hey everybody, I'm Doug, that's Connor, and this is the Bethel School District Presents Podcast. Connor, this weekend I was binging the Fast and Furious franchise, and I'll tell you what, seeing old Jason Statham up there on screen just made me wonder if they ever made a movie of my life, who would play me? So I assume you think that Jason Statham would be a good choice? I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> does Jason Statham have like a nerdy butler? <laughs> I don't know, but that is a great question. Let's let's ponder that for a hot minute, but we do have a great show for you this week. Joining us is Executive Director of Operations, Paul Marquardt. We're going to sit down and talk about district growth, our facilities task force, and a whole lot more. Indeed, Paul, your job covers a lot of ground across the district. You oversee our transportation team, grounds and maintenance, risk management, and more. The list goes on. What we're here to talk about today is your work heading up the Facilities Advisory Committee. This team is made up of parents, community members, business owners, school and district staff, as well as school board members. I'm even part of this team. Connor is not, and he and I actually don't talk outside of this show. We're really hauling oats that way. Tell Connor what this group is up to and what is their charge. Well, Connor, since you're not part of this team, we have a lot of things that are going to be impacting us over the next 10 or 20 years that's going to cause us to make some very important decisions Uh, It's important to make sure we understand the needs of our community. As our families know, we continue to experience growth as homes continue to be built in our area. Pierce County zoning is continuing to bring additional single-family homes and increasing uh, multifamily units in our uh, school district. Uh, We need community input as we determine how we plan for facilities uh, and how we best accommodate the increase uh, that this uh, growth is going to bring in our student population. Uh, It's also important for us to have a strategic plan so that our facilities don't fall into disrepair and best support the needs of the educational program our students deserve. In short, the goal of the committee is to look at district needs around growth, safety, security, and athletics. Ultimately, after looking at the needs of the community, will be asked to make recommendations to the school board for how to meet those needs. And at that January meeting, you had students from the Superintendent School Advisory Committee come in and share their thoughts about safety, security, and the conditions of their schools and athletic fields. So what were the specific issues that those students brought up? Uh, let me tell you, having students participate in the community in the committee this last Tuesday was by far my favorite yet. The sole purpose of a school system is to make sure all kids graduate from our schools with everything they need to be college and career ready. Our facilities play a large role in that. If students don't have an environment in which they feel comfortable and safe, they're going to have difficulty learning. Uh, We had a student representative from each of our high schools and we asked them about their experiences and how the facilities impacted safety, the learning environment, athletics, extracurricular activities. The kids were very respectful, super insightful, uh, mature. The best part is they didn't hold back. I think what resonated the most with our group was the impact crowding in the schools has on them socially and emotionally. As they described navigating crowded hallways and large class sizes, it was pretty apparent that students are much better set up for success in smaller schools. One of our incredible students from Challenger High School was really able to highlight how a smaller school like Challenger helps students feel safer, more connected, and supported in their learning. 
pretty impressed with these young adults, and I was so impressed that I have asked them to come back and be a permanent part of our community. That's awesome. I actually did not know that. Really excited to have them there. Their honesty was really refreshing. They did provide an important perspective about how we should approach building and remodeling our future schools by telling us what they're going through today. Paul, as more houses and high-density apartments are being built in our area, more families and future students will soon be moving here, and the need for new or expanded schools is just going to continue to grow. And that brings us to data. It's one thing to say that Bethel is growing. We say it all the time because it's true. But you proved it like a lawyer in a courtroom beyond a shadow of a doubt with some really hard numbers. So one, where'd that data come from? And two, how does Bethel stack up against other school districts in Pierce, King, Snohomish, and Kitsap counties? Well, first you you mentioned King, Pierce, Snohomish, and Kitsap counties. Interestingly, Pierce is the only one of those counties that's actually growing. Uh, the other three counties are actually declining in uh, student growth or student population. And even in Pierce County, only three school districts are continuing to grow. Those districts are Sumner Bonnie Lake, White River, which is actually right next to Sumner Bonnie Lake up on the Enumclaw Plateau. And you guessed it, the mighty Bethel School District. It's pretty obvious why, right? Housing prices in areas like Seattle are super high. They continue to drive hopeful homeowners south into our community. And this trend is expected to continue. Uh, so last year, we uh, employed Les Kendrick to do a scientific study of our growth and create a report for us that shows our projections over the next 20 years. So the report you're working with gave us a low, middle, and high for student growth projections for the next 20 years. Now, some of those numbers are pretty shocking, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit more about why Bethel's growing so rapidly. Well, as I said, uh, growth is due to potential homeowners seeking more affordable housing they're coming from the Seattle, Bellevue, King County area. To compound this issue, though, Pierce County, and specifically unincorporated Pierce County, has recently adjusted zoning that really affects our district. In many areas of our district, we've had uh, what's called urban corridors and neighborhood corridors rezone or classifications come into play. So in particular, many areas along 176 have been rezoned to a classification called neighborhood corridor. Uh, along Mountain Highway, there have been changes in zoning to a classification called Urban Corridor. Both of these classifications will allow for higher density housing, including high density multifamily units being developed. You can already see a number of these completed along 176, and you're seeing uh, even more going in and under construction along uh, 176th and Mountain Highway. More dwelling units means more people, which means more families. That means more students in our schools. Yeah, for a long time we saw housing developments going in, and with these zoning changes we're getting more apartment buildings and things like that, and it's really just causing our headcount to go up. In December 2023, Bethel had a student headcount of 20,229 students. The moderate projection from your study shows us growing by 445 elementary school kids in the next six years. That's almost enough to fill an entirely new elementary school, and that's all because of these corridors we're talking about. In the next 20 years, we could need as many as three new elementary schools to accommodate all the growth coming our way. And that's just talking about elementary schools. Paul, you served as the principal at Shining Mountain Elementary. Uh, 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 uh. The Shining Mountain Elementary. Put some respect on the name. <laughs> My apologies. The Shining Mountain Elementary. That's a school that has nearly 800 students. A couple of questions here. What is it like working in a school that big? And is that the new norm for elementary schools? Because 
I would think in a perfect world, we'd have less kids in our elementary schools, right? Even more worrisome, Doug, is that in the next 20 years, we're expected to grow by 1,100 elementary students. That's three elementary schools. I've been a principal at the smallest school in one district and the largest school in another, so I can say I have some pretty good insight into the impact the size of a school has on a school community. I can tell you that when I was principal at Camelot Elementary in Federal Way, we had about 350 kids. It was the smallest school in the district. That school received a Blue Ribbon School Distinction Award twice. Uh, A Blue Ribbon is probably the highest honor a school can receive and means you're the best of the best. Now, a large part of the the success was the dedicated staff and parents of the community, but when I attended the National Blue Ribbon Conference that brought together the other schools around the nation that had received this award, most of them were small schools. In Bethel, when I was the very proud principal of the Shining Mountain Elementary, we had dedicated, strong teachers, but it was pretty hard to build that sense of community and make impactful changes due to that size. We had 12 portables, six different lunch periods, grade levels had their own recesses. We couldn't even have our school community together in one assembly. Uh, We had to have two assemblies for everything because we couldn't fit all the kids in the gym at once. Hallways were packed, bathrooms were crowded. One of our biggest complaints was The bathrooms were so overused that they were never clean. They always smelled. I mean, it was just busy. Uh, It made it difficult. I'll be honest, it was also impossible for me as a principal to know all the kids, which is very hard to admit as a principal. I think the ideal elementary would probably be about 500 kids. That allows you to come together as a community. Uh, You have about three classes per grade level. It really sets you up to be able to build a sense of community, make change, uh, impact kids in a positive way. And they're not having a sense of overcrowding like our students mentioned in the facilities committee meeting. I really appreciate that insight. You said 12 portables, so easy to imagine 300 of those 800 kids are out in portables during the day. During our last bond campaign in 2018, the media was out. We were actually doing a story on overcrowding. And we actually walked with them from the farthest portable into the building to use the bathroom and back. And the kids were gone from class for over 10 minutes because of the walk that they had to do. So... With big schools like that and more kids coming in, we're just going to need more schools. That's a fact. And in Washington State, to build more schools, you need to pass a bond. So the Facilities Advisory Committee is taking a hard look at what we're going to need, why we're going to need it, and they'll make a recommendation to the school board in the near future. Paul, we definitely look forward to hearing what the Facilities Committee has to say as they soldier on and make their recommendations. And we do want to thank you for coming and chatting with us today. And to close out the show, we're going to circle back around to Doug's earlier delusional thought about who would play him in a movie. Now I'm going to ask you, if they were going to make a movie of Paul Marquardt's life, who plays Paul? Oh boy, that's a tough one. You know, when I was a kid, I was pretty certain I was going to be an actor. I always thought the class clowns in movies were the funniest, dreamed of being on Saturday Night Live, but I was also the Top Gun generation and I wanted to be a pilot, and that's originally what I thought I was going to do with my life. Uh, With that said, I think I have two answers to your question, Connor. Who would I want to play me in a movie? Tom Cruise. Come on. (laughs) Who would probably end up playing me? It'd probably end up being Will Ferrell. So I guess I'm going to put it back on you guys. Who do you think would play you guys in a movie? 
Well, based on physical attributes alone, obviously it'd be Ryan Gosling for me, but that'd be pompous. So let's switch it up where Doug, you pick who would play me, I'll pick who would play you. And again, based on physical attributes alone, obviously you'd get Steve Buscemi, but we're not just physicality here. We're, we're talking heart, we're talking essence, vibe, you could say. And I'm gonna say for you, Doug, I see the great Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci has a lot of gravitas. I am honored. Thank you. That's a great choice. Well, you've got no gravitas, but he would make it work. <laughs> he really would. I think for you and Paul, you're sitting here looking right at Connor. Put glasses on him. Give him a little bit of hair. And tell me you don't see a today's Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office, <laughs> now in charge of his own show, Rain Wilson in the Pursuit of Happiness or Pursuit of Meaning, something like that. He's now traveling the world with a camera crew, looking for happiness, looking for for meaning in life, and I see that for you as well. I'll, I'll take it. I have been called a moon-faced boy in the past, so it, it's all coming together, full circle. Thanks again to Paul for joining us today. Paul Marcourt, our Executive Director of Operations. Really appreciate having you on the show. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.